What's up, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Leaders in Sport podcast brought to you by DFS Designs for Sport, hosted by myself, Adrian Valaka at Championship Lifestyle, and my co-host, Sylvie Tatro at Sylvie Tatro. I'm really excited about today's episode, guys. We had an absolutely fantastic time with our guest, but before we hop into it, I just want to talk briefly about DFS. In the event that you came here through a different channel, you didn't sign up for the Designs for Sport email list, or perhaps attended a masterclass, you, you're really missing out. <laughs> if you're a trainer, a strength coach, a nutritionist, a naturopath, anything in the health and wellness field, it's worth hopping over to the website, designsforsport.com, getting on the email list so you don't miss any updates or joining one of the master classes. Uh, they're fantastic. There's also a series of different courses that are being released over the next 6, 12, 18, and, and into perpetuity months. Uh, that will help you as a coach or a trainer or a nutritionist or any wellness professional to level up your game and offer your clients the very best service. Even if we weren't involved with the brand, I would still use the supplements. I can't say enough great things about them. And I'm sipping on the Amino Acid Complex, which is quickly becoming my favorite podcast drink of choice. On today's episode, we're joined by Charlie Weingroff, who's someone that I've read and followed since I began in this industry. And I know that I was very excited to talk to him today, and Sylvie was as well. In the episode, we talk about his move to Florida and working with golf. We talk about the elevation of the fitness industry, which is something I think everyone listening to this today is trying to do. And then we talk about how to find self-actualization and zen through your work in a way that's, that's more approachable. And of all the topics that we discussed today, I think, I think stress resilience and the way that he looks at training athletes was for sure my favorite. And I think everyone will get a lot of value out of that. And so without further ado, please enjoy today's episode with Charlie Weingroff. All right, we'll have a go at it. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? You're in Florida now, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can see behind me. <laughs> Very nice. A little, little bit different than Connecticut? Is that where you were before? Yeah, I mean, summers are summers, but here it's kind of like summer all year. <laughs> That's amazing. What, what's, uh, we'll just roll into it. I think it's probably the best way. What sparked the move? Why did you guys decide to go down there? Uh, a couple years ago, it became clear that uh, owning a building in in New York, Connecticut area, it, it just wasn't going to happen. Not not necessarily because of the price, but it's a combination of the price and also my perception of the competition. Um, probably a lot more there than here is, a, is a fitness and, and even physical therapy is a very bottom feeding market. So it's very easy for garbage to compete. So, uh, you know, I don't know how to, how do I, how do I tell somebody that they should spend, you know, upwards of four times to see me uh, instead of whoever they're seeing because they're already not getting better. Um, <laughs> I, I've never, I've never really been good at that. So um, the concentration of the type of market that, at least for me and, and also Ali to a different degree, is much better here. Uh, and it's not a, it's not the same. Like it's, it's, it's very hard to explain without, uh, and remaining, I don't, I don't really know if the word is humble, but to be respectful. Um, just because right. someone's a, a bad trainer or a bad therapist doesn't mean they're a bad person. Um, so there's nothing, there's no reason to say bad things other than they're not good at what, at their job that that's, that shouldn't bother somebody. Um, but, uh, but it does. 
So I don't, I, I don't, I don't feel genuinely comfortable always talking about it. Uh, but that, that was a big part of it. It's like the competition is like, I'm not afraid of competing, but, but I, it's a losing battle because people will consume health related services at a very, very low level. And uh, even if they're paying a ton for it, they, they, and, um, you know, marketing is, is, it doesn't work on these people. So that was a big part of it. And, and I don't really care because a lot of times um, I'm not in the cold at least half the week if I'm traveling someplace. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's annoying and, and people are, you know, when it's always cold and, you know, the Northeast, as you guys know, uh, uh, Toronto's more of a Midwest. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it travels in a very particular way where you, and now it's cold and you don't, you're not going to go someplace unless you just have to go get something and then leave. Whereas here, the, the region travels differently. It, it's not, it's, it's, um, and then of course the weather is very genuinely comfortable most of the year. For sure. Yeah, I know it is, it is interesting. So you're saying Florida's less saturated when it comes to fitness. In, in this, where, where we have chosen to come. Uh, and I, I don't want to say it's like uh, you go on the internet, you don't find anybody. For, for what we do, the price points, the relationship types is very unsaturated very, it, for here. Now, if you go even a little bit further south uh, into you know, probably below, Boca Raton below, uh, it, it would not be the same there. There's some really good people. And, and then, and then Miami just becomes a, just like any major city. It's a shit show. Uh, but we were, we wouldn't live that far South anyway. And that's, that's too much. That's not my, that's not my jam. If Ali wants to do that, that's cool. But I'm not, I'm not into that. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, Miami, my, I never even liked going to Miami when we played there. Cause it's like, to me, it's like pressure. Like it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, I always have big shoulders and, and I'm going to look the way I look. So I can't do much about that, but it's like, man, like it's pressure, like just to go to get something to eat. It's, it's, uh, yeah. uh, and, and I, and I can't understand their Spanish very much because, uh, Cuban is probably the second hardest for me to understand. So, uh, what's, what's the hardest? Dominicana. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, they, they, it's very hard for like I, I can um most people like if you didn't see me, you would not of course they will say, but my friends will say, No, you don't you you have an accent. No. If you don't see me, you don't know I'm white. So uh but I, I can't I can't under, I can't understand easily Dominican, Cuban, depending if uh in Puerto Rico it's just like half and half. And then uh, and it's hard to understand music for me. Right. Uh, but otherwise, it'd be like uh, uh, for you guys, like to hear somebody from uh, Newfoundland. Yeah, they, they're, they're using, I'm, like, I'm different... from Nova Scotia, so I can understand yeah. them more, but totally right. Yeah, like you use, you, you're using different words. Like, like the word, <laughs> they, They're not even the right words. So it's, uh, um, Where are you to? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't uh, even know what it is. So it's... Uh, uh, it, it's like English in America for uh, in Kentucky. Sometimes it can be very, it, it's hard. <laughs> you, you brought up something that was, that was great at the, at the very beginning of that, that I'd like to touch on. And you talked about how um, fitness devolves to the lowest common denominator. And the idea of a meritocracy is somewhat lost along the way. 
And I think a component of that is probably the decentralized system that we exist under. Um, so there's like pros and cons to that. Um, so I guess how, do you have an idea? You've been in the game a long time. That's, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> aging you. You've been in the game a long time. You know, I'm, since I started being a strength coach, I've been, I've been watching and reading. So um, you've, um, seen, you've seen a large evolution undoubtedly over this period. Is there, do you have a way? Is there a way to, to elevate the, the level? Um, no, 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 no. You don't think so? Is it even worth no, it? No, uh, 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 I, I, I certainly think it, it's worth it. And I think we all are probably trying as best as we can to, to do that simply based on who you are. If you feel you want to do good work, you're going to do what you do. I, I do not think there, it is a, well, I don't know necessarily what the end game would be. I'm talking about the abolishment of these things that I don't think highly of, but there's enough evidence in other bottom feeding markets, such as the food industry. McDonald's is not going away and it never, ever will. And I don't think it should. I don't, I don't have a, I, my confusion is not that McDonald's or that level of product and consumption exists. It's that why do people consume it? Like I, I don't understand. There's other places where you can get food really, really fast and, and enjoyable with gimmicks around it that isn't as unhealthy. So uh, restaurants, the food business, I, I'm not talking about like big food, like supermarkets. I'm talking about restaurants and, 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 and prepared foods and the fitness industry. They're, they're both industries that allow the consumer to act like the expert. Like I can literally go into the best steakhouse in the biggest cities in the world and tell them how to cook my steak. Uh, think about it. Like I can yeah. go into Gordon, I can go into Gordon Ramsay Steakhouse at the Paris Hotel in Vegas, and I can tell one of his sous chefs, like, no, please cook it this way. And that's ridiculous because I should have already vetted how he cooks before I even went into that restaurant based on what I want. And big fitness is uh, particularly for the general population, which then devolves into higher level athletes because they're not with the team uh, all year, obviously. They, it's the same where there's this pandering nature of the service model that then puts that ahead of uh, the training product and what is going to achieve the result uh, in this most efficient cost analysis possible. So no, I, of course it's worth it. But I think the better answer is to a different question. Just do what you do and understand what something that I feel I've gotten better, if not good at by now is just because some, like I said before, so just because someone is bad at their job, that doesn't mean you can't like them. Doesn't mean you can't be friends with them. It doesn't mean you can't talk about other things with them. Usually they can't, but I feel like that's, a, that's something that I really have tried hard to do, uh, and part of that is just not caring. So, Because if I'm doing what I'm doing, and I'm relatively safe in, in what life brings me, I don't really care what they do. But I'm certainly, because, because I'm certainly not going to engage on the product, that there's no relationship, there's no depth. Like you can't, you know, you, you use words like, a meritocracy and 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 so we've got to make this political political parties don't like each other because if that's the only thing they have in common where everything is diametric mm -hmm. so if if but but that if you can meet the person and then maybe not know 
And then all of a sudden you find out that they train a certain way or they go to a certain gym or believe in certain things. It's like, well, if that relationship goes away, well, that means there was no depth to begin with. And it's fine. It's, it's whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. So I didn't, we, we came down here for, again, to of what that's stemming off of. I can't, I can't, um, like I, I still fail miserably. I, I could tell you a million stories. I'm sure some would be funnier than others where like, I just shrug my shoulders. Like I don't know what to do. Cause I, cause I don't feel maybe when I did when I was younger, since you so apropos mentioned that uh, I've been around a long time, uh, <laughs> that I, I don't know. Like, what am I supposed to say? So here, Last year, for American football, it, it, before the shutdown, if you were in the facilities as an injured player, you were allowed to continue in the facility, and that was part of the standards for, for uh, I don't know, we allowed to say COVID, I don't know, the YouTube rules or whatever. <laughs> uh, well, we're, we're in so, Canada, so it's yeah, like, the, oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, you, you all uh, hey, they – People, people worry about Florida, man. How, how many times does Ontario need to shut down before uh, some? Oh, yeah. It's, it's really ridiculous. I don't know. Some, something is not right. So it's anyway. Well, we, we know. We're living it. <laughs> what, what is it now? Is it shut down now? Oh, it's still shut down. Yeah, no. Can it, like, there's no, we just talked to political. There's no other business in the world that has no market pressures put on it like politics. <laughs> like if you were a business and you did the same thing for 18 months and it failed, you would no longer be in business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, so there's uh. Uh, there are some states in America. I was just in Portland, uh, Oregon last week, and I flew out Friday morning. Thursday, we could eat inside. I think Friday, things became more restricted, which is very interesting because the vaccine has, and we're not going to get into the discussion. The fact is, is that it's there, yeah. and, and numbers are going in the wrong direction that a solution should support. So it's very interesting. But... That uh, getting back to the story there, so if you got drafted, so it would have been around this time last year. The draft was probably a little bit earlier because the NFL season got you know maybe yeah, course, you know, a little yeah. different. So so if you were if you you couldn't go to your team, you couldn't. Uh, so no matter whether you're injured or not, the team you you couldn't see. So this was a very very high level player that was drafted very high, and one of the teams uh, contacted me. And they're like, we're getting film and we can communicate with so-and-so. I have to talk slowly to make sure I don't say you know, who it is or whatever. Understood. And, uh, or, or maybe you can bleep it out if I slip because if, I if do we do want to get rid of it, yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're showing me some things. And it's a very, very renowned physical therapist that is working with this individual. There were some other social issues regarding this player that made this challenging. But the fact of the matter is, is that this, this player, which has history of injury, uh, is significant injuries, was still drafted very, very high, basically has ski boots as ankles. And the, the strength coach, director of performance, that I, that I have a very, very, like, this is a very close friend. So the conversation is very safe and open. He's like, he's with this other, he's with this physical therapist who's X, Y, Z. How are they not addressing this? And uh, I, I don't know how to answer that. You see, like, and, I, and that's part of, I think, the question, guys, like where, like, I don't know what to do. This is the, this physical therapist is probably known as the physical therapist 
to who is arguably the number one most well-known, respected, renowned orthopedic surgeon in the world. Maybe now people listening can figure out who I'm talking about. That, that's as much as you're going to get. Right. And this, so, so if this physical therapist is, is not doing anything, not just because the player would say, yeah, like we don't, we don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like we've never worked on that. It's not like they're trying and failing or trying and just haven't done enough good work yet. The player was oblivious. Now maybe that's a lie or his interpretation. That being said, it's, it, it, he did nothing to, to address this issue. So I don't, so now what am I supposed to say? Now this isn't like I'm on, a, you know, on the stand or something like that, but I don't know how to communicate other than, like, what do you want me to say? Like, I, I happened to have been on a plane a few months ago. This physical therapist is a couple of seats back. We're both sitting up front, so everything's cool. And I would just say, like, I'm on a different planet. Like, I don't know how to communicate in both a humble and respectful fashion because this, is, this isn't like dumb people going to a stupid gym. This is the ultimately resourced individuals are going to someone who is known as one of the best physical therapists in the world. Uh, if people say that about me, that's great. I don't have a championship belt yet. So uh, that, that's, and I just head nod. That's all. I don't talk to the dude. I'm like, what's up, man? Like, you know, he know, you know, it's not like, you know, I, I am somewhat distinguished in my size. So it's uh, you, you, you know, if it's me, like that's probably who it is. And it's so it could be other situations where I see someone and I have to read the room because now if you're my client, I can communicate to you in the way that I see fit. And there are some times where it's like, no, no, look, what do you want me to say? No, your shoulders shouldn't be doing that. You have wasted your time completely. And I'm also not going to see you again because I don't argue with people. Don't worry about charging me. Like, like, like I don't, and, and the session's on me. Yeah, because uh, because people don't deserve to be talked to uh, in a in a challenging way when they're your customer, but they're not my customer if they didn't pay me. Uh, but I, I don't know how to tell them this because everybody's doctor, everybody's therapist, everybody's restaurant is the best, and we know that this is not true. It can't possibly be true, even if you believe in the ever so slimmest remnants of the bell curve. Like you, it can't. Like there's no way. And, and, and I don't know how to translate that. Sometimes that situation can kind of morph into something more positive where there is a, an opportunity to, what I, to, to achieve what I call a dramatic result, meaning no one has done this. To, you know, no one has been able to help you for a long time. You've spent a lot of resources. And all of a sudden, in a very short period of time, it's clear that you're better. Like there's something good happened. That doesn't mean it sticks. It probably doesn't if it happened in a very quick fashion, but it does give that person both mental and an awareness, a mental hope uh, or clarity if there's any kind of intelligence that, okay, I can get better. This was like just diagnostic, but it was in the schema of treatment. And they're like, wow. I'm like, yeah, man, man. Basically it's like, they realize clearly that whatever they were doing was absolute failure. And then I have the opportunity to be more positive and be like, hey, look, sometimes I'm the hundredth out of a hundred. Ninety-nine people couldn't get it done. And we just were able to look at things in a very particular way 
and, and something desirable happen. You're not fixed. Nobody's a bad person. I'm not throwing any tomatoes. This is what I did. This is what I think happened. And this is what I think we should do next. And I can speak in a much calmer and safer way to that person. Now, how often does that really happen in more, more in fitness? Because there is no dramatic result in fitness. Now, if you're a fitness professional that somehow, you know, calls themselves some kind of nonsense movement specialist or some bullshit like that, where they're doing things that, and they happen to get lucky because that's all it is. Uh, if, if you don't practice something all the time, you can't possibly be good at it, but you can sometimes drive without your seatbelt and not have a problem. So that can happen. Anyway, in fitness, you don't have a quick result, or maybe their judgment of a quick result is some kind of weight loss or body type change, but they need it done in three weeks. Yeah, good, good luck. And then you suck because you couldn't get it done. So that's a, it, it's very difficult to, uh, to compete with those types of narratives that I just described. Right. And you've been, you're in the private, you're, well, I guess you're kind of both a private setting and then also working on an organizational level, correct? Because you're still yeah. in Canada basketball, right? So I've, I've moved on. Uh, oh, we can, yeah, we could actually talk freely that is, since I've moved on. So, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and there is, you know, we, we, we'll, we'll decide after the summer, uh, you know, at what point if I, you know, what, what, that, what that really looks like. But in terms of working with NFL teams, whether I work for the player or I work for the team, Canada basketball, uh, and then, you know, certain business projects, like I'm spread out quite a bit in a lot of different workspaces. Well, what are you most excited about then right now of all of those? Probably the stuff that I can't talk about because business, business deals that are, or arrangements that haven't been completely solidified yet. Uh, there, is, there is something really cool that has been in the works for a good while. There's some things out there for other sports really where it is really a um, – Something that <laughs> would primarily primarily be geared towards juniors and youth athletes that would put uh, as much intelligence into a youth training model and, and available to as many young people across the world uh, for, for the sport of basketball. And that's, I don't think I've said anything that I shouldn't have said there. But okay. that, we'll that leave it be, at that. We'll leave it that would be, well, that's, like, if, that, if that happens, that that's that's exciting because obviously it would be something that my clinical acumen will be valued my my input and opportunities for leadership will be valued but who gets to affect people on a global level that's that's exciting that's very exciting so we'll we'll see if that comes through uh and then is golf also a component so i know you mentioned basketball yeah. football but i noticed golf um i'm assuming with the area that you're in in florida yeah yeah so most of my experience in golf has been with very very high level amateurs very simply because professional golfers don't live in the northeast they come they come there uh and they'll play there but they don't live there down here is where they live and uh the well, the, the, the quality and volume of big-time courses here in Palm Beach Gardens, Jupiter, et cetera, is probably the same as Westchester County and, and, and Southern Connecticut. Um, I don't know if there's anywhere else in America that has that many big-time golf courses, but the pros live here. So my, uh, my standing in golf, uh, I mean, Allie, other people, there's the Golf Digest Top 50. So um, I'm not 
uh, two, two reasons, I think. Number one, as a physical therapist, I think they have shown that if you're perceived to be a physical therapist, you don't really get qualified for that. But also my, my message about golf is, is very uh, intentionally faux antagonistic. Uh, where it wouldn't, you know, it's like, I'm like, dude, you're, you're an athlete. Like you're not like golfers think they're special for some reason (laughs) and, and, and they're not, but I have a lot of other, you see it in a lot of other sports, but you see it very much in golf. So when I exploit that, then you become an enemy of the state as you know, we're going to stay political. So (laughs) they, uh, but, but golf, tennis, um, you know, I've been to Wimbledon, which is uh, one of the most exciting things in my career with Milos uh, Ronick, uh, who is still top 15. And uh, I don't travel with him, but I'll still uh, communicate with him on, on, a, on, a, on a regular basis. I really admire uh, his continued effort, given the path that he has taken and, and him reaching, uh, I, I believe, number three in the world uh, at one point. And then, you know, having a lot of injuries that I was there for. And I got to learn, number one, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I learned about management because it was, it was, you know, a lot of people involved. And that doesn't mean if I had a different role that all these injuries don't happen. But it was, it was le- learned a lot. And, and both Milos and his agent and the, the strength coach, a lot, of, a lot of really good things. But I've been, so tennis golf, basketball, football, powerlifting by default. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's, yeah. So all, all of those, I think I can claim some kind of body of work. <laughs> and, and you said you mentioned that you work for the team and or the player in, in the NFL. So this is an interesting one um, with us. We work in hockey. Um, that's our, that's it. We just no, do hockey. No, no shit. No, <laughs> we just yeah. do hockey. Just, but, uh, but yeah, we, we've, we've, uh, had an interesting relationship with teams and players. So we've got a bit of a, like a return to performance, uh, component to our facility. Uh, if you get hurt, you know, you're a number, you're one of 26, you don't get individualized attention. You don't get to train with the team. So like, come see us as opposed to staying there and being depressed, feel like an athlete, uh, and then go back. But that relationship of working between, um, disciplines like cross disciplinary with a team, with a therapist, with a strength coach, you know, maybe with the Pilates instructor, with a nutritionist, with the doctor has been something that's definitely challenging. And it sounds like you have some, some experience in that realm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's flip a coin. Cause you can, you can only control your perform your, your percent. You can't control how someone else perceives you. Uh, I I've used the word safe a couple times now. That's a big word that I use in, in, uh, what we put in Canada basketball as our social systems and processes. There's ways that I can help you, uh, learn how, how to be safe for yourself, but you, and there's strategy, there's some things you can try to help someone else feel safe, but ultimately you can't control their safety. So if two, if one of you is safe and the other one is not, the communication is going to go sour. So at the professional sports level, whether any kind of sport, it is easier in tennis and golf because these guys are their own team. Mm. Now, they might have a whole bunch of people, like I described, and sometimes that doesn't work out uh, as well as I think it would if there was less. But when you're working with an organization, yeah, now it sounds like you guys are kind of hand-picked. Uh, if, the, if, the, if the team is sending them to you, well, then there's this built-in level of safety. Now, if the, t- 
if the team is writing the check, there's, there is a level of, of safety. Most of the situations where things get really sideways is where the player is writing the check. And that takes a special player that takes an agent sometimes that has uh, a heavy hand where it's like, nah, this is what we're going to do. And we'll let you know when we need you. And also where do we send the bill? Like that's, so those, those players are usually high level, meaning they get paid well. They've got the, the resources to go through that kind of process. But I've been in situations where the team pays me as well as the players. I've been in situations where the team pays me alone, where I don't have any individual player relationship. And then there's times where I'm a pariah, where, and, and, that's, and, and, and I have to say, it has, I can't go back and say, well, I guess – I acted the exact same way because every situation is different and how you communicate with different people and mix is different, but I'm relatively sticking with the same plan and the same principles and how I communicate. And, you know, it's on them. I've had, I've had people in the organization call me to apologize based on how that team's medical staff was communicating with me where, yeah, it probably would have been funny if you guys listened to the conversation, but it wasn't fun to be a part of because I don't, and now I hate the dude. Like, it's terrible. Like, it, it's, it's not good because the player doesn't get what he – the best possible. Whereas mm-hmm. other situations where it's a brilliant relationship, golly, you win a Super Bowl. What do you know? Like, it's, it's, it, it can happen. So versus other teams that change their medical staff, you know, three times in the last five years. Uh, so it's um, – you know, that, that's – because when they did uh, – actually, uh, in that situation – where I had significant discussions uh, for the only thing I would have gone to that team with would have been a front office position. Uh, they, they, all they did was change. I said, all you're doing is changing the names of the back of the jerseys. Like, it doesn't matter. Can you get a better person with that position? It doesn't matter at the end of the day because you have no system. Like you, and sure enough, they're terrible with horrible injuries every year. Uh, so it's it's I, I've been a part of a lot of lot of different a uh, lot of different situations and and it's it's hard to bring that many people into alignment without a lot of authority and responsibility aligned together. Uh, so Charlie, I want to take it back a bit. You mentioned you know obviously doing a really good job at your job and basically what that means and how like way before social media and like building clout in that way, because I think that could be a whole other conversation, but um, what advice or uh, tools can you give just kind of starting out in like building, we have a lot of young strength coaches listening to this. So like, where do you start in doing a really good job at your job? And I know that's like Mm. a difficult situation because there's like, you know, what makes you personally good at what you do is probably a lot of your personal skills, but at the same time, like, where would a young strength coach start in, like, not listening to the noise on social media and thinking that they might need to, you know, go about being famous that way or, you know, these these popular fitness people? How do they go about kind of just, again, doing a really good job? Well, I, I, I think I have to say that the beginning to that solution is what does that person want? when they stop working. That can be now, or it could be when we're older and and are privileged to not have to work anymore. And if you can answer those questions, then you have your own report card on what your job is meant to do. Because I think the perspective that I didn't always have, 
but I think I think I do now, and I'm not 100 percent sure uh, because I don't think anyone is. The only like the only reason you work is is for the rest of the time. So the only reason you work from nine to five is is for what you do from five to nine. So how do you judge your nine to five? Well, do you have enough resources to feel safe in the other time? Do you get to do what you want? Do you get to drive your kids to practice? Do you get to sleep eight hours? Do you get to go to the gym? Do you get to watch TV? Do you get to do podcasts with people in Toronto? Like, do you, like, what do you, like, the more you can put on a list and the more boxes you can check, then you are doing a good job. So now it's not necessarily about where I think your question might have been going, and it's not, it's not wrong because we can get to it. It is not about someone else judging your clinical work. Because at the end of the day, when you're 55 or 65 or whenever you retire and you have enough resources and enough experiences in your life to call it a day, nobody fucking remembers. Nobody cares. Nobody knows. Nobody, nobody's going to remember that you uh, chose to not do the FMS. Nobody's going to remember that you worked in pro sports you know, for all these years. Nobody's going to remember because it's just about you and your nuclear circle. So the closer you can get to enumerating those things, and we can get into it. I've talked about it publicly a little bit in terms of the social systems and processes. This is how you feel safe. And it's, it's very systematic. It's a way to do it every single time. If you can do that, then that's how you know you're doing a good job. So for me, things clicked over for me, uh, obviously after I got divorced, uh, and, and had a much better perspective on life, I probably would have told you I, was, I didn't suck as a coach or therapist then. Uh, I don't suck now. But, but more importantly, I have a much clearer perspective of what I want out of my life. So what I'm doing now, a lot of the things that are important to my life cost money. Now, not everybody is in that boat. So your list is going to be different than mine. For me, I need money based on where I live, uh, based on the things I like to do that make my life complete. So my job has to provide those things. And if it does, then I'm doing a good job. And, and if I don't, I'm always, you know, I am the incredible Hulk. Uh, God didn't make me to be happy, but if I'm, if I'm, if I'm uh, Dr. Banner more than the green guy, then I'm doing a good job uh, for what, for what it is that I do. Because if we go the other direction that I think, that question probably was going, all that is, is like somebody else's opinion of what you're doing. But yeah. my opinion has nothing to do with if you have the, the resources and safety in your life that matter to you. Who the, who the hell am I? And I get frustrated at that because if I am asked an opinion, I try very hard in a forum like this, like don't ask me somebody's name. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna answer. But if you ask like a topic or something that obviously is clear, you have done your research on this piece of it, this concept, and you have respected that you're not going to make me talk about somebody or their commercial brand, even if it's my opinion, so it's not slander, I'm allowed to do it, then I'll answer it. But that, that's, that's just like, so, so just because, now, now if I say something 
that is not favorable, like, dude, that's, that's garbage. Like, that's ridiculous. It doesn't, and here's my science that I believe in. Here's why I don't believe in. And here's why this is absolutely ridiculous. There's no reason for you to be doing this. Stop now. Okay. Usually the person that adopts those methods, they get mad. Why? Why would you get mad? Just because people listen to me and, and more than you, that's not my problem. Someone asked me a respectful question. I gave the answer that's fit the, the conversation and the environment. Since when does sticks and stones now break bones? I, I didn't know that that changed, but that's how it works because certain people have a louder voice. Look, I, yes, I definitely want people to listen to me. Uh, and everything that I say, I believe is the best until I change my mind, which can happen at any moment. So of course I think my stuff is better than your stuff. Why the hell would I be doing it? But that's a, uh, a dangerous road to go down and I don't think it doesn't matter because we all know that there are trash, horrendous, horrendous models of all, all levels of human performance, whether it's healthcare, fitness, strength conditioning, performance therapy. People absolutely suck. And they are very happy people. They don't beat their kids. They don't rob banks. They might make a lot of money. And, and it has nothing to do with, like, now what? Like, you can't change. That goes back to, like, can you compete with that? No, you can't. Because if people are strong enough in their own emotion as to what they're doing and what they get out of it, dude, like, even if they are breaking the law, that's their pillow that they get to sleep on. So I would rather people consider a good job, not what I think. Now, I can help you formulate uh, uh, your own report card for how you can feel safe. It's called the 151 and one rule. But other than that, dude, I already think you, if you don't do exactly what I do and think exactly how I think, I think you're on the B team. Okay? Like, like let's just finish that. Like, and, and every single person should say that. And otherwise, I would ask, now you don't have to say it the way I'm saying it, but, but it, it, if you don't think that, then my next question to you is, why are you doing what you're doing? Like, you, you are, these are the droids you're looking for. You are allowed to say anything you want. Like, you can go take, take your humble hat and throw it in the trash for five seconds. You can say anything you want. Every single person should say, yeah, I, I think every, if you don't do what I do, then I think you're garbage. Like, that's, that's, uh, otherwise, why would you be doing it? Now, there, there's a better way to say that in a, in a, in a constructive way than this, Steve Austin, WWE way of saying it, but that's a, um, if you can, if you can identify what, what you want in your life, that's how you know you're doing a good job. So you said that 151 to one. Is that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to so, dive in? I'm curious now personally. There, there's a backstory to it, but I'll leave that part out. It's not bad or anything or, or uh, secret, but it takes time. So uh, I like people to have like, it can be on your screen or it can be like in a whiteboard, but it's something you have to see a lot, like, like every day. You ha it has to be, I believe when you write things down or even if, if, you, if it's typed and you can change, because this is always about change and you'll see 151 and one requires this for it to really work. Um, in the first column is, is you're going to put down everything that you, you think you currently need in your life, need, okay? In the second column, you're going to put down everything you think you want in your life, needs and wants. And in the last column, you're going to put down everything you think that would be really nice to have. Now, all three of those descriptions are somewhat similar, which is by, by design. 
uh, want nothing. Uh, one, one of the backdrops to this is Zen uh, and a conversation that I had after an uh, interview for a performance director position that didn't go well. Needs and wants. I want nothing and need nothing. So that is going to drive my choice of words. And it's also going to drive how you formulate this list and then change the list to get to your best uh, 151 and one. Things that you need are things that if they were not in your current possession, your life would be dramatically different in 7, 14, 21, or 30, or 30 days. So that lends to money. That's why we put bills are due in 7, 14, 21, or 30 days. But it's not just money because if you lost a loved one, your life would be dramatically different very quickly. Okay? So you're, gonna, you're literally going to write down everything in your life that you think you need. That if, if your life would be turned totally upside down, if you did not, these things were not in your possession, okay? The second column, things that, that you want. A want is something, if, if it was not in your possession or not within your desire, uh, life isn't over. Like, that goes in the need column. But in the want column, it, it is something that life isn't over, but it cannot be replaced with anything else other than your range of description for that thing. Okay? Nothing can replace it. It's like your best hobbies or your, your favorite thing or something like this. And then something that's nice to have is also very, very high desire, but it can be replaced with something so I'll give you examples, but the game plan here is you write everything down in your needs, you write everything down in your wants, and you write everything down in your nice-to-haves. And, and this is what we've done in, you know, for the performance of folks in Canada basketball, because in my role, I care about people. And if you're my people, this is what we do. You need 100% of your needs. 51, figuratively 51% of your wants and one, at least 1% of nice-to-haves. If you don't have, if, if that's not how this stacks up, you're not safe. I don't use the word happy. I use the word safe. And that also has a story to, to why I use the word safe. Again, it comes from military. And there's a book uh, from a fellow named Crandall who was, at the time of writing the book, a colonel at West Point, where a lot of the social methods that work in the military are basically complete antagonistic to anything else that works in the real world where you're not allowed to talk to people, like you don't, because you're not safe to do this. So that's why I keep using the word safe. If you can hit your 151 and one, the way I describe, but now as you grow through experiences and failures and meet new people and are in different situations, I've been around a little bit, but also too, it's because I started early. I, I was always a year ahead. I graduated college in three years and I walked right into pro sports. So I've had a lot of different experiences and it's not so much that pro sports is so cool. It's like you don't last in pro sports. So you have a whole bunch of climbing the ladder it means you're around different people in different situations. So as the years go by or day goes by or some bullshit goes down and you need to hit your board, you shift things from needs into wants. You shift things from wants into nice-to-haves because a little four-year-old needs their stuffed animal. But as they get older, they still have it, 
and because they don't let go of it, it's a want. And then ultimately, it, it's you lost it, and, and, be, and, and whatever that stuffed animal represented, it can be replaced with something else. So this is constant life process of shifting things to the right, just like we want to do in training, but, but it's also an interesting concept of shifting the anaerobic threshold to the right so any given activity is less demanding. I, I, I didn't make that up right away. I kind of, oh, shit, wow, that's kind of cool. <laughs> that's <a good> connection. <laughs> but but it's, uh, it, it's it, because the more you shift to the right, it's a lot easier to have 100% of less things. It's a lot easier to have this figurative 51% of less things. And anybody can have 1% of any list. So if you can actually embody Zen without using the word Zen and humming while you're sitting in this yoga position, you actually can embody those things, which if you're complete and safe, complete is the word I'll use as a synonym to safe, not happy, then you got a shot because then you have energy to give because you're complete and you have positive things to give. And, and then those strategies of interpersonal communication and leadership work only when you're safe. We go back to your questions and, or, com, or, or uh, illustrations of working with pro sports. We all get hired to get fired. I mean, there's no way around it. It's the way it works. So you're not safe. So you act some kind of way. So now somebody else who is safe, it doesn't matter how I communicate. If this piece of garbage, uh, I was about to say the city that they're in, uh, is, <laughs> if they're on eggshells because of who they are and the situation they're in, it doesn't matter. How, how I communicate. So for me, obviously, uh, I, as I said, a lot of things in my life revolve around money. Not because, look, I, I drive a $22,000 car. So uh, uh, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not this materialism. It's also I, where Toronto is clearly the most diverse city uh, outside of London that I've ever seen, more, way more than New York. But when you're in the Northeast and you have an Eastern European heritage, you usually know one or at least two generations of people that went through the Depression or World War II, where whatever nationality you come from, you had something taken from you in a very, very significant way. So you get brought up in this idea that the more money you have in the bank or the more money you have underneath the, the mattress, you're winning. Because, not, not because people are cheap, it's just that this was all taken from them. So that's in my DNA. So I... I I'm very triggered you know, by money, not because I want to buy things or I want to have more money than you. It's just that that's how I feel safe. Obviously, my relationship with Allie, uh, my, my relationship with my dog before, before he passed away, uh, a car. I live in a part of the country where I must have a car. There's zero. There's no opportunity. Uh, I didn't live in New York City. So if you live in New York City, yes, you don't need a car. Where I live, you absolutely 100% need a car. So... Um, what else do I need? Obviously, certain amount of money, but then, but then you can calculate that out for your expenses. Like you can make this a real number where your, your life is a business plan. So now you can decide where you want to work or how often you want to work or how much you want to risk and invest in other things because you don't need that money for your life to not get flipped upside down in under a month. My wants, Disney, and that's where obviously a lot of money goes to that. Um, internet, I, I do a lot of it on the, you know, I like enjoying internet, uh, wrestling, comic books, you know, these are all things, 
that, that have a level of enjoyment for me that cannot be replaced. If I never go to Disney ever again, I'd love to say that will suck. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to die. But I can't imagine right now what would replace this very difficult to describe emotion that I have when I consume Disney product or whether I go to the parks or whatever. I don't even know how to describe it. Nice to have. It'd be pretty cool to have a, a $450,000 Rizvani tank. That's the only car I really care about. Um, you know, Ali's about to get a, a new Jeep that cost a hundred grand. Like, what, it was stupid. I, why would I, anybody, I, I would not do that. <laughs> but it does because it doesn't, it can be replaced with uh, a regular Wrangler. Like it can be replaced with the, my Chevy Cruze that costs 20 grand. So those are things, like I actually live this. And one of the things that this made sense to me very, very retro, way before I ever thought of these things. Because I think the best idea is people actually live, but they don't actually put it to construct. So in whatever year it was, there was a, there was a period of time where I left Philly, but I didn't go to the Marine Corps yet. And there was, at, in the way it worked in the NBA, if a job comes up, you're like, you know, hey, do you know anybody there? Do you know anybody there? Like, can, can you make a phone call? Like, hey, I'm in. And it was the first job that came up that I didn't care. I had enough other things in my life that it was in the New Orleans Hornets. I think they were the Hornets. Yeah, I mean, they were definitely the Hornets at that time. And I think the job only paid 60 grand. And I wasn't in. I, I, it didn't move the dial for me. Where up until that point in my life, if there was an NBA job, you like round up every number you have in your phone to make a phone call in your reference. So at some point, the, 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 whatever it meant to be in the NBA, what, which I thought was a need, was really just a want, and clearly now it's nothing more than a nice to have. So that's, that's, a, uh, that's, that's the 151 in one rule, which I think I, I lived it probably that was 2008 or 2007, but I didn't call it this. I didn't call it this thing because I can't, I can't teach it to you or share it with you unless it has shape. Um, other than, yeah, like it's all I, all I would say is like out of my system. The more you can get out of your system, the easier it is to feel safe and complete, which gives you an opportunity to give to, to others. So um, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I started to put together those social systems and processes because I think there's a lot of very, very good voices out there, not in sport, because uh, these, these roles don't even really exist in sport. There's some people that kind of fashion themselves like that, but they've been, they, it doesn't, it, that's not what they do. Um, but, but then you, you look at a guy like Gary Vee, who has a lot of really, really good messages. I love yelling. You know, I do that regularly. Um, but, but I would ask most people that really subscribe to his messages, like, hey, do you know, uh, you know how he became, how did he learn all this stuff? And most people don't know. And, and the reason you don't know is because he stepped in shit. He, 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 he quit college, took over his, his, uh, uh dad, or, yeah. And made, you know, significant money, made some brilliant, brilliant decisions. So it's not, it's not that there's nothing to learn, but I would always rather learn from somebody whose messages are based off of failure. And I am very, very comfortable talking about my failures because 
151 and one is from my failures. It's not because I have these really cool things to say. Like, what did Simon Sinek do? Start with why. What do, how did he get to his role? Did he climb the corporate ladder? Uh, did he rob a bank? You know, like, what did he do? No one even knows because he hasn't done anything. And that doesn't mean there's not a lot of really valuable messages that these folks say. But I started to come up and there's, there's you know, one is safety, one 151 and one. The others is, is uh, I don't have a fancy name for it yet, but atmosphere, culture, values, behaviors. And then, of course, at the top is gratitude. And there's stories. But all of those things are based on my path, which is generated by my failures. Now, that might maybe make me an inherently negative person. I'm not sure. But the only way to learn is from failures. But we follow a lot of these messages from people that have not failed. And then they build up such a parachute that they almost can't fail. So I don't count Gary V not investing in Uber as a failure. Because uh, that, didn't, that didn't tumble his life to, to make major changes. So that's 151 and 1. There, there's a bigger, there, there's not, it's not bigger, there's just more messages. And you have to talk about safety in order to get to 151 and 1. But I don't. People are like, oh, my God, I've never heard anyone say something like that. I'm like, yeah, I know. I made it up. <laughs> so it's, uh, no, I, so think, I was just going to yeah. I think these are way, uh, these are very important. I mean, we could talk shop, but I think these are very important things to, you know, instill in, in all coaches and all professionals out there because, like you said, it, it, it does come from failure. You, you don't know yeah. how to, to fully get out of it and progress if you don't go through eating shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, 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 uh, the genuine answer, though, of how do you know if you're doing a good job is what I just said. Because anything other than that is just my personal opinion on what I, of the snapshot that I am seeing from someone else, of which I really have no right to volunteer. I have to be asked to, to, to provide that. that. That's not the report card. I, I, if it's not 151 and 1, because it came from Charlie, and God forbid you do what Charlie says, Make up your own 151 and one. Make up your own own report card, and that's how you know you're doing a good job. You don't have to be a good trainer to finish your life and have a complete life and treat people the way you want to be treated. It's not those, those aren't mutual. You are allowed to suck at your job in someone else's opinion. My opinion might count more than others. That's for someone else to decide. I I don't know that. I don't uh, I don't care either, <laughs> because I know what a bad trainer and a bad coach is when I see it. <laughs> I like it. So speaking of speaking of of needs. What, when you think about your training right now and the way that it's evolved over the years, what are, and I like that you mentioned that golfer athletes and they think they're different. I think that's fantastic, by the way. Um, <laughs> the, ball, the ball doesn't move. <laughs> um, what, what are some needs that, you, uh, that you're applying right now in your, in your own work? Um, excuse me, yeah, to, to, to athletes. What are things that you think people are missing um, on a global scale? Oh, potentially? I think, uh, and this, this is uh, the, from, from, the, from the fitness side, as a major concept, uh, I was, for a couple of years in a row, uh, myself, Sam, Canada Basketball, Patrick Ward was with us one, one year. We would go to Finland, uh, where, where Omega Wave was, was uh, 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 headquartered. And Val, you know, I, so I give him credit as a, as a mentor, but... You know, it's very important as somebody that maybe embodied a little bit of what I described from Eastern European folks. It's very important to them that they receive credit for what they do. And I don't think that's a hard thing to do. Remember, gratitude is the fourth 
piece to the social systems and process. You know, everything I'm saying, I learned from him. And I'm very flattered that he would actually say, let me see if I can do. Well, Charlie, you all know that you are very few people that we have shared as much as we have about Omega Wave. Like, so it's, uh, I, uh, so that's cool because that's what I wanted. And that was, so we're driving in and uh, make, about to make a left turn towards the building. And I said, like, Val, you, you always call Omega Wave this, it's a solution, solution. That means there's a problem. So you made this thing up. You made Omega Wave to be a solution. I want to understand what you think is the problem so that, and if I can look behind your eyes, I will understand Omega Wave better than anybody else. I need to know how you train people. I need to know how you create, how you initially saw your problems. Uh, and then that, the, the, that week in Finland, he us his, his training model for explosive team sports. And I have, you know, continued to morph it. You know, basically, you can do it for anything and your Omega Wave will be greens all the time, which you do not want, by the way. That means you're just in this preparatory yeah. phase. No, like you're not, yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not growing the box, like in this little side of, you know, this is only this big where my face is. Um, but, but the most important thing that, and this is now several years ago, if, if you were in a room Let's say you, so you guys are hockey guys and you put a, you have all these killer hockey guys in the room. And so you got Gary Roberts over here and I apologize if I say anybody who you don't like, but you got Maddie over here. You got Fitzgerald over here. You got, these are all the people I know. You got Potenza over oh, you're, here. You're Everybody, on right now. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. You got Shawnee over here and, and Boyles, oh, Boyles over here. God forbid my, my older brother, Mike Boyle. Um, <laughs> so you have all these, these hockey killers and, um, and, and you started to ask, hey, guys, let's talk about what is the training program meant to do? So I'll be quiet. What, what's on the list? So like, if we had a training program, what should it accomplish? So, of course, you're going to hear strength and power and hip care, like arm care for baseball and anti-flexion or maybe anti-extension and reaction and balance i'm sure are these all words that i think the best strength coaches for hockey in the world uh kevin neal is sitting right over there and and uh, matt price is over here these are just people who i know and so they're they're of course they're the best i, I apologize for anybody who i'm who i'm missing <laughs> uh probably canadians i'm probably naming all americans anyway right uh, no, you got, you got yeah, matt. so matt yeah, yeah maddie <laughs> maddie is is uh is is of course canadian and, and my Canadian accent, which I'm sure is normal to you guys. Uh, <laughs> so um, the one thing that I think is, will oh, if, if it's even on the list, it is dead last. And that, that is how I train professional athletes because I don't need them to get better. I need them to be who they are as often as possible, a.k.a. greens on Omega Wave, stress resistance. No one ever will say that. Now, no one argues with it once they hear it. But uh, what I, I actually call it, because I, I do market it to some degree, it, it doesn't go over because I'm not good enough at marketing it, is it, it, the Elite Performer Program, which is a five, it, it can track from one day and go to seven days, uh, where it is based on stress resistance. And, that, and, and those macro qualities of stress resistance are primary to these micro qualities of which I just named, strength, power, endurance, all these different balance, 
hip care, all these different things that are probably very sensitive to hockey. Uh, but, but stress resistance is for everyone. And then you backfill your exercise selection based around the physiological parameters to have high mass of endocrine glands. No one, who, who doesn't want that? Uh, high proliferation of T cells, you know, because uh, fitness as a stressor is recognized by the immune system initially by cytotoxic T cells. How, so how do you do that in a training program? A sports-specific heart. Clearly, the heart of a hockey player is very different than other sports. Uh, and then high oxidative function of all type 1 and type 2 fibers. And again, there, there is a selection process there because um, explosive versus non-explosive, you can argue in hockey because you see guys with giant legs. Like, so, so that means not so, they're, they're more as a uh, cyclist then, oh, you guys still ride bikes after the game all the time? I don't know if that's the best idea. So you are depositing mitochondria in type 2 fibers, um, but I don't know that they're always going in the right place, which is why you get real big legs. Uh, anyway, that, those four macro qualities, which I learned from Val and, and, and part of the programming, but the other part of the programming didn't all come from him. It came from Pavel Tsatsalin, also you know, steeped in this very Russian – Eastern European way of training. So uh, that program can work for anyone. And I have, because I've been doing it now for several years, you can adapt any secondary, you can put any sport to it. You can put weight loss, you can put fat loss, you can put bodybuilding to it. That one doesn't work so much because that's an internal response. This is all about performing something else. Uh, but that that is... I don't know that that's always the best program for everyone because you're, you're not getting bigger. You're just being who you are more often, which usually does allow you to test out better. So you could put somebody on a oxidative. So I said type one fiber, uh, a high oxidative function of type one and type two fibers. So if you're going to train two, zero, two, zero, like oxidative, uh, in some Russian text, it's called statodynamic, not to be confused with static overcoming dynamic or, Dynamic overcoming static. Uh, so two, two seconds down, no pause, two seconds up. Never finished. So you, you increase significant edema, and you're using 20 to 50% of, of load. So you're basically targeting type 1 fibers. So you're, you've now, well, why do I uh, hypertrophy of type 1 fibers? Well, because they have all the mitochondria. Not all, but they have a lot. So when I punch you explosively, it's not like I'm not using any type 1 fibers. I'm probably not punching any harder, but I can punch you harder more often. I can punch you seven times instead of three because the type one fibers are bigger, which don't really make my muscles very big. But if, you, if that's all you do, then you become a, an American bodybuilder. And that's why they're not very strong, but are gigantic. So yeah, like it, when, I, when I trained at Gold's in, in LA, I saw one dude bench three wheels and one dude squat four wheels. And his name was Mike O'Hearn. I mean, that, that's, and I saw the biggest dudes I've ever seen in my life. Where I train in Boca, Kai Green trains, motherfucker using one wheel. One wheel. One wheel to do like some kind of rows. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, and he's not doing it really slow like the way Ben would, would teach, uh, uh, who I, of course, I've trained in Tampa. So he's Canadian, so I don't have to say his last name. Um, but, but getting back to the, the, the training approach, that person that trains with that 2020, very, very lightweight, very, very slow, 
can actually improve their explosive performance. They always could. They always had a 38-inch fur. But if you put them on 8 to 10 weeks of 2020 as the primary focus, you will still achieve the hormonal impact because of the, the, the parameters that, that achieved there. But, but they were always overtrained. So this 2020 actually restores high levels of mitochondria, maybe not in the most perfect place, but as long as you don't do it forever, okay. then you're not – because that, that's, that's train slow, be slow. Yeah. Uh, but you can, you can teeter that. Um, but that's, uh, that's, 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 a that, that, those types of, uh, questions and, and answers is a big part of how I think about training. Um, but, but for like a general population, no, don't, don't do that. It would work, but you, cause you're giving, you, you're not doing a lot of exercises. So I did Val's voice before I'll do Pavel's now. Well, I don't understand your North American way of, of training. Yeah, you will choose all these exercises, sometimes 26, 27 exercises. I don't know why you do all of these. You have A1, A2, A3. I don't understand. Maybe you will do one, two, maybe three. So you're not doing a lot of exercises in, in this training approach that I'm describing. But sometimes you need a lot of variability to, because in theory, sport, you move in all different ways. So you should train in all different ways, but you can't possibly be targeting the same exact thing. You can train for movement variability uh, and, and density of, of training, or you can train for something else. So um, like if your power is A1 and your strength is B, B1, pick one. That's not how this works. Like it's, it's one or the other. So it's, now, if you do both, it's not like bad things happen, but if you're very undertrained, like a kid, they, they do well. Yeah. But so yeah. it is the right, it is the right program, <laughs> but it's uh, not, not for the right reasons. So that would be, um, I, I can't say that's new. That's probably been, I'd have to look at the dates, but at least four or five years that I have really tried to put a lot of reps in, in Canada basketball uh, up until now. Um, if, if you were a one and done or already in the NBA, that's how, that, that's the program you would get for basketball. Because basically what you would try and choose is the exercises that carry over to the sport of basketball, to the sport of golf, to the sport of tennis. And then because you're not doing a lot of exercises, you have more time for a warm-up. And the second part of your warm-up is where you can fit in everything else that you think is so important uh, from a movement variability standpoint. Okay. Supplements? Yeah, I want to know sort of what, what does your personal nutrition regime look like? I, I follow your stuff on and I, I follow Allie. I've, I've met Allie and, and have known her for, for a little bit now. But yeah, what is it that, um, that you do personally for your nutrition? For, uh, so I think I'm, at like, I'm supposed to be at 2,400 calories. Um, I've been as high as like 33. So I, I use a chronometer, which yeah, I love I that app actually. As yeah. a nutritionist, it's probably especially for micronutrients, it's good to you know obviously see that part of it as well. Yeah, I don't care about micronutrients, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but but when I when I started to do all that, like it's it's it works like not because you know I'm I'm not picking anything. So I've worked you know Ali does it now. I worked with a fellow a bodybuilder named Christian Palmer uh, who helped me with with that. But, um, so what is it? Let's see. Let's see what it is. Um, 240 grams of protein, 225 grams of net carbs, 
because I don't eat a lot of vegetables. So, so that's how, uh, <laughs> that's where the micronutrients just, <laughs> yeah. and, and 65 grams of fat. So that, that's what I'm at now. Um, and if I, you know, I'm kind of like, uh, guilt-free right now. I mean, if I go over or under and I'm pretty good at staying at the number and I'm still mentally like lower is better, but it's, it's obviously not, I know this, but it's like winning. <laughs> so, um, uh, so I think that can, it's 24, 45. And, and it, the, if I'm only time I do it is when I'm traveling, but I'll still try to do it. So like, for instance, if I eat bad, I still track it. Like there, there's only one time in like the last two, two years did I not do it. Like, I'm like, dude, fuck you. I'm not doing it. I think we were at Disney and that's usually the only time I have alcohol. Um, but even then I'll track it. Uh, but it, there was this one time I didn't, didn't track it. Um, I struggle with vegetables. If they're not available, I'm not going to make them. Uh, when I, not so much down here yet, I've only been here a month, but like if I have a long day, like I might finish with like literally, believe it or not, like 700, 900 calories. Because if I have a lot of caffeine, I don't get, I don't get hungry. I'm working. So it's not like I even have time to eat. And then it's like, I'll have ice cream and then it, it, it my, my chronometer doesn't even look that bad because it, if you don't know it's ice cream, it's just adding stuff up. So the fat or whatever that's in it, it doesn't even matter because I've eaten so little throughout, throughout the day. Um, yeah, I think and also like it's, it's really good that you mentioned tracking because it, we've kind of gone the opposite way in terms of nutrition. It's so important to know, like you would track everything with your athletes from a physical standpoint. So it's important to obviously know, you know, these, these numbers um, personally as well, so that you, you can, you can have something to go off of. Yeah. I, I don't know why it, 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 no, I won't do it. I won't do it. Dude, I love doing it. Like I'm anal about it, but that's me. Yeah. That, that's just, I, I get it. Other people, but I don't, I like chronometer, like you can find bad food in there. That that's weird. I'm pretty sure people that eat a lot of bad food are not driving chronometers database, <laughs> but it's all in there. Like you can look up McDonald's, like it has everything on the menu. Oh yeah. 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 So, um, but, uh, my breakfast like today was just a bagel versus other times when I'm home, I could get up to like a thousand calories just for, just for breakfast. Right. Um, it, it's my, my, my variance in diet is so driven by my daily schedule or the light or the light lifestyle. Um, I don't travel with a lot of food. I'll travel with caffeine pills in case I can't get it. Like if I go to Canada where your caffeine drinks are not really caffeine drinks. Uh, <laughs> they, oh, they look, we got you red line. I'm like, what is this fruit punch? Like this is, this is, or um, I was up in Calgary many, many years ago and they brought me beaver buzz. You know what this is? I know. <laughs> So uh, aside from the fact that a, that a, a socially maladjusted uh, fellow up front at the seminar made some comments that were terribly inappropriate, even <laughs> then, much less now, uh, it, it's, it's an energy drink. And I think, I think it's, it's actually made in Oregon, but it's a Canadian thing. Um, and because the, uh, people think beaver, but the, it's Oregon, um, you know, it's it, there's it's i don't know what it but there's no there's like no caffeine it's, it's a joke it's, it's, it's very silly. so uh, of course you you can't bring liquid on on a plane but you can get pills and, and whatnot so um um and do you so do you I, take a lot of supplements or like speaking of caffeine? energy drinks energy yeah. drinks like the creatine 
Um, so I have to think of like for the health stuff. So I have the genetic piece to one of everything is perfect except for one of the LDL or HDL. Like it's miserable. Like in APO um, gene, one of those. I have it. Like yeah. I, it's clear because like I do everything right. And I like you would look at it and be like, oh, you must eat like shit. Like, no, I eat really good. Um, so let's see. I ha- I could go inside and get it, but right fish oil. But this is yeah. I don't take this one when I'm home. Um, bergamot, that's for your heart. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, niacin. Oh. oh, okay. I don't even. Oh, metagenics. Okay. Yeah, some of those some of those companies we don't get in um, in Canada. Yeah. Yeah, look at it. Yeah, yeah. It's a little blurry, but I'll get to look it up. Yeah. Pull it up. Um, awesome. Okay. Uh, and there's there's a couple others. Um, I don't I don't uh, you know it, it's uh there's a couple that come in a needle, so you know sue yeah. me. Um, um no. Uh, <laughs> no, you know it's it's uh obviously the conversation is comfortable, you know, and um that's uh that's what I do and. And I feel like, you know, obviously I'm, I'm getting it in legal way and it's, uh, I, it's not cheating in my mind. You know, I, I had this conversation once, um, specifically not for why I'm taking it, but, uh, from a performance enhancing, uh, approach. I was about to say, and what I'm are you like, cheating on? Looking good? Like, what, what could you possibly be cheating on? I mean, it's, it's obvious that, you know, I have the lowest body fat, highest muscle mass ever in my life, even when I was uh, totaling, you know, what I, you know, what I was doing. Uh, I don't know, does, does 22, 2300 pounds mean anything to you guys? Because I don't know what it is in kilos right away. No, no, um, I got it. I got it. <laughs> so, uh, um, I'm like, if you, if you, uh, if you, don't have water your performance goes down right that's fair okay and and if you take too much water you die that's called hypernatremia (laughs) um there was this horrible horrible instance on a radio show many years ago i want to say it was in the pacific northwest i'm not sure where uh nintendo wii had just came out so maybe this was 20 years ago and it was hold your wii uh, hold your pee for a wii and that you won, you won this because they were probably like really hard to find. Yeah. So if you have so much water and don't go to the bathroom, you, you die. Okay. So water is somewhat of a performance enhancing thing. Okay. But it's not a drug. Well, we also know that if you don't have vitamin D, your performance goes down. Okay. And if you have too much vitamin D, which you're allowed to go get at the store and take the whole bottle. Yeah, it's a significant, it's a significant amount of vitamin D, just like it's a significant amount of water plus not peeing. Mm-hmm. Um, vitamin D is clearly a performance enhancing mineral. But if, if for some reason your lifestyle does not allow you to build testosterone, uh, your performance goes down. If you take too much, I think it's actually probably debatable whether you die or not based on what I know, but it's not a good thing. Now, you can't legally procure those type that that degree of, of testosterone. I, I'm not, I, I I think there's a level of logic there that um, you know this is this is a you know a bioidentical thing and whatever. So you're asking me a question no one ever really asks. So I'm giving you a an honest no, answer. No, I appreciate. Uh, I appreciate and your that's honesty. the way it goes. Well, 
I'm all for steroids in any sport ex- except for fighting and football. Like I want to watch them hit the golf ball 1,200 yeah. yards every time. I'm not even. Uh, I'm not even talking about that. Um, you know, this oh, I is. Know. Uh, I mean, you want to get to you get to that level. Like, I mean, I didn't grow. I didn't. I didn't grow up in the 70s, uh, so I don't know what American football was. Everybody was on it, but I'm sure WWE would have been a lot more fun than uh, when when I was. Yeah, in the early 2000s before everybody got caught. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Adrian mentions that his background is in fighting, and I think that's a, that's a big area where <laughs> that's, that would be. That would... I, I, I mean, there's no, uh, look, uh, yeah, I, I know, I, I knew long time because I knew the fellow that trained him out of Amsterdam, I think, um, you know, the, the, the big dude, um, uh, Overeem. Uh, but then, you know, especially when, when the guys came, when, when UFC bought, not K1, what's the, was it K1? Prime, or Prime. Yeah, because there was no rules. And these yeah. guys, they were awesome. You know, and they, some of the guys had been there before, like Rua had already been in UFC. And then they came in and, and they started getting their ass kicked because they had to come off and they just couldn't do what they, like uh, uh, the dude with the chain, um, um, Rampage Jackson. Yeah. You know, and, and some guys didn't even come. Like who? Who would have been the the Arona? Arona never even came because There's he would no have chance. been embarrassed. Yeah, he would have been embarrassed. But um, but I think Dan Henderson kind of came back, you know, after he came off because he also lost a lot oh, when he came he over. But then he came back and and figured it out. Um, but um, yeah, that that's a it's an interesting topic. You know, usually it's taboo to talk about. I'm like. Look, I, I'm pretty sure if people have seen my physique change from a powerlifter to, to uh, what I look like now. Whatever, like yeah. Again, like it's my pillow, not yours. It's uh, and you know, explain to me if, if it's okay to take vitamin D. What makes this different? Yeah, so, and I mean, uh, I'm sure we'll we'll get into this with Ali as well. But you know, especially in in testing testosterone and and any stress and sex hormones in athletes, like we are seeing trends that are not positive. So oh, look, it, I, here, here's here's yeah. something I can I can tell you. Um, you guys already know the sports that I work in. Um, let's just say that um, testing is random to the players. But that doesn't mean it's, t- it's random to the league. So if they don't want you to fail, then they don't test you. So uh, I, was in a, I was in a pro sport facility once, and one of my favorite players, this dude was a motherfucker. Like, you know, and, and I stood right in front of his locker, and I asked the fellow who was showing me around. I said, how's this, how's this stuff work? And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, and I point at the dude's nameplate in the locker. He's like, oh, Let's just say uh, he names a very um, non-physical position in the sport. That position gets tested every week. So that's how they meet the numbers, which are what, it, what is um, uh, mandated by the Players Association. So if they don't want you to fail, then you don't, they just don't test you. So anybody who, who typically is assumed – uh, is usually doing something and they just don't get tested because they're a superstar player. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's real. It's, it's ridiculous, but because who cares? But uh, it's, uh, Yeah. No, it's, it's not me. I don't care because, because if every, in, in baseball, everybody did it. So it's an even playing field. Exactly. Like, I don't know why, I don't know why people don't talk about the, the pitchers. Like guys were hitting home runs off of the pitchers that were doing it. Like it was, <laughs> 
it, it, it doesn't make any sense. So, and then some, some players, they don't even get they, – they, their statistics were just as ridiculous as anybody else's, but because they were nice to the media or they were cool guys, they're not pegged as guys that either came through Toronto, um, Cleveland, New York, Texas teams, places where getting this stuff was easier than other places. That's, I mean, this isn't a hard – obviously, Oakland – um, this is uh, silly, silly stuff. Silly. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I mean, I'm sure we could we could definitely get into that further, but <laughs> uh, um, but no, we we really appreciate it. Um, we just have a couple last questions. Um, in terms of yeah, your I mean, we talked about your nutrition supplement. What about your training regime right now? Like, how do you um, you know, obviously with your schedule, you're focusing on everyone else with your clients, but what, yeah, what, do, what are you doing right now? What does your personal training look like? I, I go back and forth to the program I was describing before yeah. uh, for, for what would be uh, an elite, uh, not elite, um, anything but elite, uh, from an, an, an explosive athlete, because that's what I train the most of, so, uh, explosive jumping athlete. So I'm not doing tons of explosive rotation like I would make that program. Uh, for a golfer or, or other type of uh, baseball player, et cetera. So right now I'm in that because that's kind of like my deload. Uh, and I just do it until I feel good. And then what I go back to is, you know, the like power, power bodybuilding or heavy, you know, I don't know what you would call it, like heavy, heavy eights, tens and twelves. Uh, so that's, um, that's, that's, it's, it's, it's back, back and forth. So there's a lot more conditioning in what I'm doing now. Than, I was going to say, do you, do, like, do you focus on the low and slow zone two stuff um, in your personal stuff or is it? What, what, it, what, is, what does that mean? Zone Cyclic, two? Cyclical aerobic work? Yeah. Like just. Oh yeah. Yeah. Of course. So that, so, so if I'm in the other program, um, it, I, like I would call that um, eccentric heart work. So I didn't know they, yeah. I didn't know, I didn't know there was zones to that. Again, um, yeah, that's just like a version of, <laughs> of describing so like seven, a, you know, below oh, 75% yeah. long, long time. Uh, so I would do that on off days if that's what I wanted to do. Um, so that, that's where we would fit there. Um, but I wouldn't always do that because I don't think that's the only way to achieve eccentric heart uh, training. So now in the, in the um, in in the EPP program I'm doing now, it's even less important. But if I were to do it, it'd be on the do whatever Wednesday or do whatever weekend days, where maybe I don't even wear a heart rate monitor and I just yeah. put my phone up there and just watch TV or or watch YouTube videos. And I don't even maybe sometimes my heart rate might even get to 110, um, which is not significant. But um, yeah, so that no that that's. That's not the problem. Like, like, that's not a, there's nothing wrong. Tell me what the zones mean. This is interesting. Uh, there's, a, there's a doc out of the University of, uh, of uh, Colorado. Uh, I guess maybe his first, he's in Denver. So maybe is, is it UFC there? Maybe it's Denver University. I'm not sure. Um, so you, is, UFC is in Vegas. No, no. Um, sorry. U of C, University of Colorado. Or I wasn't sure if it was the University of Denver. I'm not sure which one's in Denver. I'm one uh, of University of Denver is in Denver and University of Colorado is in Boulder. In Boulder? Okay. So um, Inigo Millen is his name. He's um, Yeah, there's a podcast. Um, really good. A couple good pods on him. But he's um, cycling, initially a pro cycler out of Spain and all of his works on just like aerobic systems. Mitochondria. Um, yeah. 
biogenesis like he'll yeah. go into that a, a lot um and again it's based on obviously endurance sport but um just like the the general need for i guess like the 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 lower intensity in in people's programs who are just trying for longevity not performance so it's like a it's again we could get into that conversation but well, i would uh yeah i would argue that it doesn't have a role in performance um, I would argue that it needs to be done a lot for the goals there. But I, I would typically describe like rep- cyclic repeats. So now it can be explosive cyclic repeat or not explosive cyclic repeat. Uh, and so that I would, I would call that like the easiest or the simplest um, eccentric heart. So like what would I call, I'd, I'd call that eccentric heart 50 to 70 or something, like meaning 50 to 70%. And then yeah. go thirty to thir- minimum thirty to ninety minutes. If you're a long endurance athlete, you're going to go for hours. So the value is you can't let your heart rate get very high in order for the left ventricle to have this, you know, loading piece. Um, it, it's 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 this commentary to people that only train concentric heart. That's why they they can whether by hook or by crook they can tolerate whether it's the legitimate buffering uh, or just mental status they can tolerate the acidic condition of high concentric work, which is good, but then they're done. Like they're out. So what we've done a lot of is high concentric heart followed by extremely long rest periods. So 30 seconds on where you can't do 31 and you're allowed to get on your back and feel like you're going to die, except now you're resting five minutes. Um, And, and that is um, you get, you get the opportunity to go to work with this concentric heart piece on the on phase but you rest significantly long and that also allows you to come back and your next round of 30 seconds is just as ruthless as the first 30 seconds if you only rest even a minute or like a minute 30 you're you're you'll go as hard as you can but now your your rpe of 10 is going to be met with 80 percent return and that is something that that this program that we're referencing um, at high value of everything is equal. Your RPE and your power output and your heart rate should always be aligned. And how, how many um, reps in a, in a workout? Depends? Depends. Yeah, it depends. So when, um, when Daniel Bryan was coming back for WrestleMania in 2018, we knew, we knew he was coming back in October. I'm not sure when the storyline really started in WWE. but uh, So we started this. And if, if you're not aware, whatever, he, he never really had um, concussion issues. He was cleared. WWE wouldn't clear him. And this is public, so I'm not letting anything out of the bag. They wouldn't clear him because they were concerned that 20 years from now, he would have some kind of horrible event more related to CTE. So he was not at risk for second impact syndrome. That's when you die like on the spot and your brain comes out of your ear. That's why you don't come back too soon from a concussion. But he was cleared by everybody, but WWE wouldn't clear him. So they finally cleared him because they, not only does he mean a lot of money to, to, to WWE, it, it was wrong. And they finally, he kind of, he got what he wanted. So I said like, you're going to have to pass certain tests that I know you will not do well on if you are in a more acidic environment. So like the impact neuro, neurocognitive tests. If, if I make you do these on interval, like if you do a CrossFit workout, I will make you look like you had a concussion because not because you had anything to your brain, is because you're acidic and your mental decisions are significantly impacted. So I said, if we, if we put together a training program that 
uh, staves off or minimizes the impact of these high value acidic conditions. Remember, being in acidosis is good. Like there's the only way you grow. Uh, but if you then rest significant amount, you can now train fast. You can burn fat, which is a very useful thing in 30 seconds. Uh, so we use 60 second intervals with him. And 60, 60 on 360 off is the uh, 80, 360 would be the, the most I would ever do with somebody in his type of um, activity level. So he did uh, two of two, two X two. That means 60 seconds on, three minutes off. 60 seconds on, 15 minutes off. 60 seconds on, three minutes off. 60 seconds on, go home. So that's it. That's week one for everybody that gets into this. Now, you don't have to do the air bike. You can do anything you want, but now your, your movement profile will help decide that. Uh, and can you actually bring it? Like, I can't sprint 60 seconds. I can do something that looks like running for 60 seconds, but this has to be 100% maximum effort. So not everybody can use every machine. Um, I can use a, a Cybex Arc Trainer but I can't use any other elliptical. You just can't, you can't bring it, all right? I can't do a spin bike. You, I don't know how to sprint like that. I can work hard, but I can't get to this, like you're going to die level. Um, so he, uh, after two, so he knew he had 15 minutes of rest. Um, he fell off the bike and was laying on his back and Bree came down and like was scared that, that he had done, like he had fallen or something like that. Two minutes of work from a dude that can basically be a, a, a high-powered gymnast for 60 minutes. And because, because I, think, I don't think most people even know what that 60 seconds like. of, of, of 100% is. They, they don't know. Um, and then once they do, then you're begging for, for more rest because most people are like, yeah, I'm not doing that. So there's a lot of other things we would do for the eccentric heart um, than the the netflix workout like because you could if you touch 90 and, and and go again at 60 that's the same eccentric heart that you're doing for whatever level like you called that so i don't i don't know uh, i'm interested to see i'll flip it it's, over uh, yeah awesome yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, we've taken a lot of your time. Thank you so much for, uh, for yeah, giving. I'm going to go in the pool until I, until my next call. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, Charlie. I think, uh, again, this was such an awesome conversation you have so many insights and I think, uh, our listeners are going to get so much out of it. So we really appreciate your time and yeah, appreciate your, your, um, your mindset on all of this. So thank you very much. All right.